changing your life one story at a time. This is the Chicken Soup for the Soul podcast with Editor-in-Chief Amy Newmark. Hey, it's Amy Newmark with some new favorites for you from our latest book, Chicken Soup for the Soul, My Kind of America. I am so excited about today's podcast because I have two great stories for you about religious tolerance in America, because religious tolerance is one of the cornerstones of our nation. Our first story comes to us courtesy of a retired rabbi named Frank Stern. He's new to the Chicken Soup for the Soul family, and we got him because he's dating one of our longtime writers, Terry Elders. So Frank tells us that the synagogue for which he had been the rabbi had a terrible fire. It was an electrical fire that started in the kitchen, and it destroyed the kitchen. It moved into the social hall, burned that, then moved into the sanctuary. And by the time the fire department arrived, the last two rows of pews were burned up and the next four were damaged. The front doors of the building had been shattered. The prayer books were gone. The chandeliers were gone. Frank headed over to the synagogue when he heard about the fire. And when he got there, the fire chief said, it's going to take you at least a year to fix all of this. And that's when the Neighborhood Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints rescued them. Because the Mormons worshipped on different days, they offered the Jewish congregation the use of their sanctuary for worship on Friday nights and Saturday mornings, and they said they could use it for another year, 18 months, whatever they needed. And they refused to accept any payment, and in fact, they assigned their own members to set up the facility each time for the Jewish congregation and also to clean up after their worship services. Fourteen months later, the synagogue's membership had finished rebuilding their facility and they began to move things back in. And there were boxes and boxes of old records that had survived the fire. And in one very old box, what did they find? But a series of letters between the president of the local organization of the Mormon Church and the president of the temple. And it turned out that decades before, the Mormons had been building their facility and the president of the Jewish synagogue had invited them to use the temple during the time that the Mormons were building their own facility. So this was a thank you for what the Jews had done for the Mormons many decades earlier. So on the day when Frank's temple officially reopened, both Mormons and Jews marched the mile and a half from the church to the synagogue, carrying six Torah scrolls back to the Holy Ark in the newly refurbished temple sanctuary. The members of both communities carried the sacred scrolls, walking a half block or so and then handing the scrolls to the next person. No one asked what their religious affiliation was. Nobody cared. It was just a community effort, Mormons and Jews working together. Another story in Chicken Soup for the Soul of My Kind of America had such a big impact on me that I wrote about it on the back cover of the book. And it's another story about respecting religious diversity in America. And I had the pleasure of talking to Laura Sue Wolanski about it recently. Laura, how were you raised? Well, I was raised in a Jewish family in Bethlehem, Pennsylvania, which is Christmas City, USA. There wasn't a lot of respect for Judaism in the community where I lived, but we had a very wonderful temple and my family was 
carried on some beautiful traditions. My mother was a wonderful cook. We had chicken and chicken soup every Friday night and went to temple and, you know, celebrated the holiday. So there was a lot of very nice, warm family memories around that. And you wrote in your story that you realized only after 9-11 that you didn't know any Muslims. That really came as a shock to me. I, I don't know how that happened. It's just something I never really thought about. I've always sought out and been interested in different kinds of people and different religions, different cultures. And I've had a lot of friends from various different backgrounds. And yet somehow, I don't know, I just didn't really think about Muslims or seek them out or it just wasn't on my radar until after 9-11. And then all of a sudden it was on everybody's radar. I asked Laura Sue about the organization that she joined in South Florida. You know, after 9-11, I, I really wanted to do something. I think everybody felt that way. I definitely felt that way. I wanted to work for peace. And I just started looking around. Who's, who's working for peace? Who's doing good things in the community? And I got invited to this interfaith potluck that was presented by JAM and All, which stands for Jews and Muslims and All. And I went and I I met people. I really liked the group and found out they had been having potlucks and dialogue groups, panels, different kinds of community events. Um, It was a group that was put together by a Jewish businessman who approached a South Florida imam and, you know, wanted to get together and make a group to connect, to understand, to dialogue. So I, I started going to JAM events and and became involved. And the whole focus of JAM was to be inclusive, to reach out not just to Jews and Muslims, but to people of of any faith or even no faith, to get together, to learn about each other, to share food, to share spiritual moments, to talk, to dialogue, and just to learn something about each other so that we could understand and come to a greater acceptance. So Laura Sue wrote in her story in Chicken Soup for the Soul, My Kind of America, about a particularly memorable time in Jam's history after Hurricane Wilma in 2005. You know, at this point, Jam had been together several years. And after Hurricane Wilma, uh, one of the wonderful mosques in South Florida, their nickname is M-Jam, was located next door to a condominium in Margate. After Hurricane Wilma, the power was out. You know, people didn't have electricity. People didn't have water for weeks at a time, many, many, many people. And uh, the people in the, the mosque discovered that their neighbors in this condo had no electricity. And these were a lot of these people were elderly. Uh, there were a lot of Jewish residents in the condo. And they were just trapped. They had no way to get food or water or anything. So members of MJAM just started making food. They had a generator, they made hot coffee, they made sandwiches, and they just started going over to the Holiday Springs condo every day, several times a day, and walking up all those stairs and just bringing food and coffee and water to the people in the condo. And they kept doing that for weeks until the electricity came back on. I mean, that in itself is just a beautiful thing. You know, you hear that and you just kind of want to tear up. But there's there's more to the story because the people who lived in that condo 
when the mosque was first built, they didn't want the mosque next door to them, and they opposed it. And it didn't matter. The members of the mosque went to help their neighbor. That was really all they cared about. And that's been my experience. The Muslims that I know are so charitable and so generous. I've seen this happen countless times, you know, just personally experienced it and seen, you know, the Muslim friends and and people that I know and, and people that I don't know just going out and doing amazing, generous and charitable things and just supporting the community in many, many ways. So these same Jewish neighbors who had once opposed the building of the mosque next door were now the recipients of food and water being carried up those steps every day. So, yeah, after that, this is, you know, it's a, it's a growing mosque and they needed more space and so they needed to build a new facility in a different part of the community. And when they went and found the site, there were people over in that area that opposed the building of the mosque. They didn't know what good neighbors they, they could have and they opposed the building of the mosque. And the same condo residents that had opposed the building of the mosque next door to them, they went and they spoke to the county board on behalf of the mosque, as, as did many of us. And the, the county board approved the project and the mosque was built. Well, this mutual caring and respect between the Jews and the Muslims in South Florida is very inspirational. And it's a beautiful example of the kind of America that Laura, Sue, and I are proud to live in. I've kept Laura's story in mind during these difficult recent days. I keep reminding myself that the vast majority of Americans are good people who do accept that people follow all different religions. I'm Amy Newmark. Thanks for listening to the Chicken Soup for the Soul podcast today. Please tell your friends and family members about this podcast as we're getting more and more listeners, and we're working hard to keep it timely and relevant and very helpful to everybody. You can subscribe to it on Apple Podcasts or Google Play or wherever you like to get your podcasts. And if you'd like to learn more about our new book, Chicken Soup for the Soul, My Kind of America, you can find it on our website, chickensoup.com. Come back Friday to meet Anne Clark Van Hine. She's a 9-11 widow who found a new life giving tours of the World Trade Center site. I want to check in with her on this 16th anniversary of 9-11 to get her perspective and to get us thinking again about the events of that day as we head into the weekend before the anniversary. 